there. Thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Belterville podcast, episode 124. Um, our final episode before a summer break. We'll most probably come back, I don't know, middle of August before Joshua fights, certainly before Daniel Dubarusic. We're going to cover those fights tonight. Uh, you're watching us on YouTube, great. iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Thank you. I'm Steve Lillis. With me as always, but at the bottom there, my co-host, John Evans. John, you okay there? Yeah, not bad, Steve. Not bad Good at man. all, thanks. Good man. And tonight's special guest, guy we haven't quite regularly, but he hasn't been on for, I think, a few months. He's got a halo tonight. He's like that guy in the Simon Templar from the Saint. From the Saint. I'll tell you what, he's one, he really, it sounds silly. He's one of my great mates in boxing, but I never see or speak to him anymore. I haven't seen each other since December. So, uh, anyway, former WBO World Super Featherweight Champion, Barry Jones. Barry, thank okay. you. Are you okay, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you. Um... Well, I was going to do it last week, but then you and you jipped me off for something you better. You off. Yeah, we jibbed you off. Oh, you didn't come back to me, so he thought, ah, John said, you know what John said? He said he's a prima donna now. He's on the zone. <laughs> now he's one of Eddie's boys. He's a prima donna, and and that and that, and that halo across your head says you're not going to say anything. That you're a saint. I was cutting some of these grass for extra money. That's to pay the bills. That's what I was doing. Don't worry about that. I'd say, well, you're out there grafting, and uh, I know you're, tr you're trying to get to Spence Crawford. So good luck with that, Barry, anyway, and I hope you do. Yeah. I'm sure we'll mention it in one of the topics tonight. Anyway, that's what we're going to start with. It's going to be one of your topics, Barry. Johnny, you've got that bell and everything else, whatever you do to tell us. I haven't yet. I, I haven't yet because I've got a thunder and lightning storm going on right outside my window, and I thought it's the house right outside here as well, lightning. yeah. No, no, but we're ready to go now. Right. Anyway, Barry, Usyk Dubar, and where does it rate? I think you want to discuss. Yeah, I just think you know, let's be honest. It's it's a big ask for Dubois. You know, go, you know, to box Usyk anyway, but to box him away from home. You know, he hasn't. I don't think he's boxed away from. Well, except for America. That was it. One time in America, he boxed away, but yeah. going to Poland's a different a different proposition. And I just think you know, for what he's done and who he's who he's faced and who he's beat. Compared to the resume of, of Alexander Luzik, how big would this uh, would this be? For, uh, yeah. Talking about you know biggest upsets in you know or best wins for a, a boxer abroad, I, I would think. Now, we spoke about with, uh, not so long ago with John Ryder and and Canelo. How big would that be if he would get the win there in Mexico against Canelo? It would be one of the biggest wins by any Brit, home or away. But surely this got to rank yeah. up there with somewhere yeah. like that because the caliber of opposition where they both are right now. It's night and day. Let's be honest. The only thing that Dubai has over, over Uzik, is size and weight. That's it. Nothing else. You no, know, on paper. You no, know, if you're writing down, it feels like top trumps. You no, know, there's the deficit on, on the mat on the scores would be just immense. There'd only be there'd just be weight would be the only yeah. factor that 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 Dubai would have over Uzik. Anything else, and and it, it would be team a mismatch. So, if he could get the win, would this be the Best win by a Brit abroad? It's certainly up. I'm just thinking there. I mean, given nothing that he be, was... Nothing beats Hunnigan and Curry no, in my mind. No, that, that all, that... Yeah, Hunnigan Curry, of course. That, that's, that, that won't be... That isn't going to be... That isn't touched by this fight. But when you consider that he got floored three times by a cruiserweight last time in the first round, if this was an American fight in Usyk, we would be trashing the fight. But anyway, we're not going there. You know, you've got to put it up there with Napoli, Stracy. Buchanan, was it Buchanan Ishmael Aguna yeah, in yeah, Puerto Rico when it was boiling hot? It's got to be up there with that and slotting below Curry and Honeygan. What's your take, John? Yeah, 
heavyweights are funny, aren't they? Because although it'd probably be the biggest, I think it'd be the biggest, apart from Honeygun and Curry, it's also not as difficult to imagine because one shot can end it. Imagine, like, if this was Josh Kelly going in against Terence Crawford, you just can't picture it happening. It's not going to happen. But Dubois, it's heavyweight boxing. One shot, if he lands that right hand, he can knock Usyk out. So although it's it'd be a monumental upset, and I think the second biggest ever, it's also one of them where, yeah, in heavyweight, anything can happen. But I, it's also one of them fights where I can picture it in my mind now. I can picture Dubois in centre ring with his hands up like this, just following Usyk round, getting pop-shotted. Pop shot, and he's a tough, brave lad, Dubois, as well, and he'll take a lot of stick. He will. Listen, you got you got to wish him the best, though. Yeah. And boxing of all sports, boxing is is the one sport that constantly brings up massive surprises. But I didn't see that. There's more left field stuff that goes on in boxing anywhere, in and out of the ring. So, you no, know, actually, the fight being made is a bit of a left field for me, even though he's been engineered to to number one. It's still, you know, he jumped the queue on on Joe Joyce. And, 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 and who, who, he, who he was easily beaten by, and then all of a sudden he, he gets the shot at, at, at that fella who he boxed in in Miami. Was it Bryant? His name was Kenny Bryant. Something Bryant. I can't remember his name. That's how, how, how much it wasn't really a world class fight. But now he gets the opportunity to box the second best heavyweight on the planet. In my mind, I still think Fury is still the best, even though he don't want to. He doesn't want to seem like he wants to fight the others around him right now. But still, he's clearly still the best for me. But Uzix is is the second best and one of the most talented fighters pound for pound in the world today. So it's a it's a huge ask and it and it and the reason why it, like it, it ranks up there because you know the Hunnigan and Stracy were the Hunnigan and, and Curry one Hunnigan was European level but was a fantastic boxer but Curry was pound for pound number one in the world at the time and the, I know and going by at that in that era if you're pound for pound for a week you're a special fighter back in in the mid eighties. And you got to think, and and no, and then with Stracy, you know, he was, you know, you could see he was a world class fighter. But Napoli was on the end of his career, but still going going to Mexico, even though he was a Cuban, he was really Mexican by, you no, know, no, based out in Mexico. It was still a big ask, a huge ask, and and one of the greatest wins of all time. So, you know, I still think that it's it's it ranks up there with that because the golfing class and ability, and everything about them is so vast that it, that it would just be the shock of all shocks for me. Yeah. Uh, John, round two, Fury and Gunu while we, we're staying with the heavyweights. Yeah, I I think if Tyson it's not confirmed yet, but all rumors are pointing to it. If Tyson Fury fights Francis Ngannou, I think it's the worst possible thing for the heavyweight division. The worst. For a few reasons. First, obviously, Fury's not in the fights we want. Fury won't fight again until next year because they fight so infrequently. It also is going to get paid such a vast amount of money for such an easy fight. It elevates his purse demands and makes the future fights even more difficult to make. It means that the only fights place that these fights can happen is Saudi Arabia. It doesn't do good publicity for the sport because we've already seen exactly what's going to happen when McGregor fought an old Mayweather. Everybody knows what's going to happen. And if a, if a miracle does actually happen, and Ngannou somehow lands a shot and knocks Fury out, then it's terrible for the sport. I, I can't think of a single benefit for anyone apart from those who are going to make money from this from this fight happening. Yeah. Not a single I'm, one. I'm, as I said to you, I'm, I'm bored with the whole brand Fury in, in general, which is it's worn me down more and more over the last few months. John, I just can't disagree with a word you, you say there, especially with the damage it could do 
it's doing to the sport anyway. I've just got no interest in it. And I hope that it's a TV turn off and a box office turn off. I doubt it because of the way it'd be sold. But there's my opinion. And I'm the same as you, John. It, it won't be as big as obviously as McGregor and, and Mayweather because that was a phenomenon and who the, and the characters they were and how they can sell fights better than anybody. The two best in their sport to ever be around for selling fights are those two fighters. Ali, maybe, rivals Mayweather. But it's, and Fury's very good at selling his sport. But but again, with that, the, those fanatical MMA or UFC you know, supporters, they'll believe their guy can do it. And by the time fight night comes, the people will be selling the narrative that what if, again, with big heavyweight heavyweight competition, I won't say boxing because he's not a boxer than Ganu. All it takes is one punch. But <laughs> you got to land the punch. No, it only takes is one punch. We know they sold that with Derek Chisora. It only takes is one punch, but we knew he couldn't land the punch on him. All it takes is one punch for for Deontay Wilder, who is a boxer who can punch. All it takes is one punch for him to knock Fury out, and he could he couldn't do it. So, how is this guy who never really boxed in his life going to do it? And you can't blame the fighters, though I do blame Fury, but you can't blame it on the same. It's a sort of contradict yourself because it's money for nothing. Like Chisora was money for nothing. This is money for nothing. And why is he going to want to fight Usyk? Why? Why is he going to want to fight Wild? No, don't want to see him fight Wilder again. But why is he going to want? Why is he want to get in a fight that's going to be remotely competitive? That he has to really be on the game. That he might potentially lose if he's not at his best. When he can earn more or just as much or just a little bit less from fighting people who don't fight. You, yeah. you, you, you'd be foolish not to take the easy, the easy route. But, it, but like you said, John, it, it kills the sport and it kills it because it makes it, it, it makes all fighters greedy. And if that trickles down, and every time that trickles down, the money doesn't trickle down, the money depletes as you trickle down the level. So you get the grassroots level and then all in a penny. It's happening in football right now. It's not, I'm not going, I don't want to diverse too much, but it's happening in football. Players are getting paid so much at the highest level. Good luck to them. Well done. Where, where you come from, good, um, brilliant for you. But then, Clubs are going through the club, clubs are going you know, through all the time now, aren't they? Clubs are disappearing because they can't afford to pay wages. They, you know, you've got players who should be on five hundred pounds a week asking for five grand a week, and then it goes up and up and up. And now you've got players who are not worth it getting getting three hundred thousand pounds a week and or two hundred million a year if you go to Saudi. Some of them, you know, it's just where does it end? It ends with American football. It ends with twelve teams, eighteen teams. That's what it ends with, but we don't have a college base and boxing. It 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 it'll kill boxing, and and boxing suffering now. I think for it. Yeah, as I say, both not disagreeing with either of there. Um, round three. Um, you know what, Joshua Wilder, he got pillared last week by you know quite a few people. You know what, I'm quite, I'm looking forward to the fight. I cannot wait for the build up. I think it's going to be really really well, good. Joshua White. Jo sorry, Joshua Wilder. Joshua, start again. Either one. I'm really looking forward to Joshua White. Yeah. Um, you know, people are knocked it, you know, um, a bit of stick for it, like, well, quite a bit of stick for it last week. I'm looking forward to it. I think the build-up is going to be magnificent. Really, really good build-up I'm looking forward to. And you know what? You know, I'm like everyone's a bit bored when bored with the heavyweight division and lost a lot of interest. But you know what? Bit of kudos here. To, I know White might not be, you know, what he was a couple of years ago himself, but you know what? Given Joshua's last two performances, he could have taken on a much easier task, still sold out the O2, especially with this big fight in Saudi Arabia looming against Wilder. I, I think fair play to him, and I'm really looking forward to the fight in my own way. And the build up's going to be brilliant. 
And the pool will be great because there's needle there still. And 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 I do think it's the right fight for, for Joshua. Like, I think White just has to take what he's given now, to be honest, to try and get back into the, the, the scene of the big boys. But for Joshua, he's, he's still there. But he needs that fight where he's forced to commit. The biggest issue he has now, he won't commit to his attacks. And that's what makes him tentative. And that's what, make, that's what makes him half the fighter he once was. So he was never this gung-ho throw like a lunatic. But when he when he wanted to throw, he committed to the shots. He put he punched through the target. No, he's touching with the jab and not committing to the right hand enough. And that's why he looks and because he's 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 tempted to get hit because he's been hurt now. And I just think there's still residue from that Ruiz fight still to this day. Even though he he won the second rematch, he won it in a in a safety first manner, which is good technically, but not good for his for his. But inside, for how he feels about himself, his confidence in being that destroyer that he felt that he once was. And I think White, the way he fights, if you don't fire back, he'll beat you up. So you have to. It's a sink or swim with him. You've got to throw or, you, or, or, he, or he smothers you. But also with White, I think he has lost a step or two and his attacks are readable now where they were a bit more... He's unorthodox. They were hard to read when he had a bit more snap and more, more acceleration in his pace of work. Now he doesn't have that anymore, I don't feel. So he'll make you throw, but he's an easy target to hit, as we've seen with Fury, I think. So I think Joshua, I think this is the fight for him. And if he can't do it, pull the trigger properly against White, then he's, he's at world level, the highest level, Joshua is no longer there. That, that's yeah, right. I, I reckon it's the right fight for them both. Joshua's going to have somebody coming at him who's going to make him fight and he's going to have to prove he's not gun-shy. But why? let's not forget just how outclassed he was against Fury. You know, he wasn't at the races, was he? And he's got someone he'll see as vulnerable in front of him. He'll, he'll see someone he can hurt. If he can hurt Joshua, he can probably finish him. So I think it's a good fight for Wyatt as well. You know, it's not an insurmountable task. In his mind, there's ways to beat Joshua. So they've both got the perfect man in front of them to draw out what we need to see. So and plus, yeah, the, the build-up will be great because we still hate each other. Be Joshua tries to mask it a little bit, I think, more than White, doesn't he? But I think we both still clearly hate each other. So yeah, it'll be good by the time it by the time it kicks off. That round Fine, four, man. Barry, America's coming back, and you're going there in a couple of weeks, hopefully. For Spence Crawford, is America back? That's what I'm saying. I'm hoping they'll uh, give me some work. Hoping I get a visa. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I just think you know, it's you know, there was a time where it seemed like you know, like. Eastern Europeans or, or or the like were taking over. Kovalev, Golovkin, Lomachenko, Uzik, you know, there's been loads of others come over. And he just thought that. And it seemed like America would just struggle. And, and Britain, we had a resurgence of world champions and fighters from other parts of the world. And obviously, Mexico's always been strong. And it seemed the USA were lacking a bit. But I think recently, and I wrote down a few names of showing the the strength, the strength and depth they have. And this is only a few names, but you got from flyweight to heavyweight, Bam Rodriguez. Stephen Fulton, who might get beat by a new way in a few weeks' time. The lightweight division, Devin Haney, Javante Davis, Shakur Stevenson, who's the future of boxing. Ryan Garcia, Keyshawn Davis, who's another future of boxing. Frank Martin, a one weight alone. Super lightweight, Tiafino Lopez, Regis Progray, and Jose Ramirez is still there. Welterweight, Spence Crawford, Ennis, who put on a fantastic performance Saturday night. And Ortiz Jr., who's a massive puncher, of course. He's always, and there's many others following there, Crowley and a few others there on the back of that. I think Crowley's Canadian. Jamel Charlo. Jamal Charlo. David Benavidez, who's American, even though he's Mexican descent. Caleb Plant's still around. And the headweight, even. You've got Wilder. 
you know, Jared Anderson, you still got Ruiz Jr., but Jared Anderson, he didn't put on a great performance the other night, but he might be in the future. And there's plenty more coming up. But I think you know, the strength and depth they have in almost every division, except except from for maybe that, that feather, super feather, you know, they, they struggle there a little bit. They got a Shaki Foster, but I don't think he's really going to be the one. But everywhere else, I think they're strong. I think it's the resurgence for them will help the sport to sell it. I think if when America are strong in their in the, in boxing, TV companies get involved, and when they get involved, I think bigger fights are, are easy to make. Yeah, I agree. And they've all got watchable styles, haven't they? As well, Barry. You know, yes. every one of them slightly different, but for all, I think it's a little bit of a throwback to the eighties that you mentioned before, where you had people like Curry, like Terry Norris, like you know that type of fighter where everything's sharp, everything's fast and explosive. Like people like Shakur and Boots Ennis, Tank Davis are just brilliant to watch. And they all seem pretty keen on fighting each other, the new breed who are coming through. I think once Crawford and Spence have done their business, probably two fights, whatever it is, I think we might get a few more super fights because they all seem pretty keen on on getting it on. A lot of them do anyway. They talk the talk. Hey, you know what? You've gone for them names and I also think you mentioned you touched on Wilder there. Um Wilder also bought them some respect in the heavyweight division because for much of the 90s and that during that Eastern European sort of not resurgence, it had never really been there professionally. The Eastern European rise in the you know the, the turn of this century, um, you know, they were they were they was almost treated like your British and European heavyweights have been treated for the last 20 years. We were laughing at American heavyweights, and as you mentioned, Gerard Anderson there as well, who I think John meant spoke very similarly. Like you did last week, Barry. So you know you still don't give up on him after that one performance, which a lot of people said to. But no, um, spot on again, Barry. And yeah, look as you, you know, the very good point you made there is, if there's American TV money, it's good for everybody. And PBC seems to be having a resurgence, and they they seem to be paying proper money again. Well, not proper yeah. money, mad money again. <laughs> Round five, John, uh, a fight I know you're going to love, and I know Barry's going to love. Yeah, one of the. Oh, one of the best fights in boxing, not not just one of the best flights down at Superfly. And credit to them both for making it. Sonny Edwards against uh, Jesse Bam Rodriguez. I, I can't wait for it. Can't wait. We know exactly what we're going to get. We're going to get Sonny moving, Bam trying to track him down. You've got the best mover in the division against the guy who's probably best at cutting off a ring and going to the body. The personalities are there. I, I, I can't wait for it. Um I still don't think people like Chocolatito and Estrada got the credit they deserved for what they did for 10 years. Outside the real hardcore fans, I, I don't think people quite respect what they did and respect how good they were. But I think Sonny and Bam, he's got the, it's the type of fight and the type of build-up to just break through a little bit. And I think the person who comes through this goes on to these mythical pound for pound lists and becomes a, a bit of a real name down in the lower weight classes. And I can't wait for it. Can't wait. Yeah, it's um, it's a great fight. Uh, two two of my favorite fighters as, as it would go. Bam Rodriguez, you no, know, unbelievable. I, I was disappointed when he moved on the flyweight actually because you know, he was in that super flyweight division around you know, those four fantastic fighters. Let's not no, let's not let's not mess up no, with Quadras and and Chocolatito, Estrada, and Ring Versailles. You know the, the four just the the greatest fighters of the last ten years. Absolutely fantastic. And they didn't get the credit they deserve. And if they were middleweights, they'd be billionaires. That's the truth of it. They, they would be, and deservingly so. 
and all have to fight each other for the money. That's why they fought each other because they had to for the money. And, and there's maybe there's a model there, maybe where boxers are getting paid too much, and, and if they could pay less, they would be forced to fight each other and still earn good money. But yeah, bam, the way bam cuts off, the way bam moves around the target cl- close range in that semicircle around the target is as good as I've seen anyone since sort of Chocolatito, actually. He's, and he doesn't load up, so he, he can always throw a solid shot and he always got speed and he can throw from every angle. But the way Sonny moves, it's very, very hard to close a guy off like that. It really is. And it, it, it's an intriguing fight. You've got to make Rodriguez the favour because he's boxed at a higher level of opposition and he has. And no, no Sonny will argue night and day that he hasn't, but he has. And being successful, and he hasn't really looked that bad. Even if I, you know, he goes the distance, you tend you think, oh, it's just an awful display. But actually, it's a good display. But he's he set a higher standard as Sonny has. Sonny's last fight wasn't great, but he did, but he, but he totally dominated. But he set a standard up here, so anything less than that, and he's open to criticism. But when he on when Sonny gets it right, he's almost impossible to figure out. That's what makes this intriguing. If they can get it right, you judge a fight on on the coming in the the best they can possibly fight, and on 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 that, it's an impossible task to pick who you think is going to win. You know what? The greatest shame is that they're both flyweights, and as great as this fight is, as you say, it's one of the top, maybe top five or six unifications you can make in boxing, maybe even top three or top three. But it's just a shame they're flyweights because this still isn't going to capture the general public's imagination as much as Sonny might want to, but, you know, might disagree that, you know, and I understand that if he does, he's a social media boxer. He reminds me of when MMA was breaking through the UFC was, you know, UFC was the true, was the first true underground sport to break through, through the internet. That was internet stars. These guys, you know, years ago, um, you might disagree, John. So I know you're a bit of a, you follow it. I think UFC and MMA, but Sonny is almost that. These guys just go so underground. It, it, it's just a great shame. Yeah. Do you know, I'm, I'm interested to see Sonny at 100%. We're going to see the best Sonny Edwards we've ever seen. He's going to be ultra-focused, ultra-sharp. I think probably if you if you ask Sonny, I think when he fought Maflane for the title, I think in Sonny's mind, he probably knew he had the beating of him. You know, he was an older man, smaller. Sonny knew if he boxed well, he was going to beat him. I think we'll see Sonny going into the ring with a bit of fear for the first time. And he's going to be razor sharp, isn't he? I, I, I just can't wait to see it. Brilliant. Final round. It seems we're coming to the end of the first war. We're just into the second half of the year. Just want to get your best performance by a British fighter or might be performances so far this year. You know, people who are wowed in 2023. Obviously, you look at Liam Smith against Eubank and, you know, big fan of Liam Smith as you you both know, um, massive fan, my favourite British fighter. But you know what? I mean, that accolade should go to Lee Wood. Not just for beating Lara like, uh, recently, but what to turn that around in three months of getting done by him, I thought was incredible. You know, I thought it was crazy that he was coming back to fight him three months later and, you know, should have let Lara fought Warrington. But you know what? To do that within three months was just sensational. And that to me is is almost at the moment, unless someone pulls off something special, that'll make him a shoe in from a fighter of 2023, especially if he goes and beats Josh Warrington when they fight again October. Do you know what? November. I think it, it see when they said we're gonna fight, it was a quick turnaround for that, that rematch. It did seem just crazy 
easily was hurt, even though he boxed really well. There was actually when I look back at the first fight, there were signs early in the fight that he was getting hurt, and I thought, yeah, it's crazy. But actually, it was genius because they give they didn't give the they didn't give the, the um what's his name chance to really knuckle down. Lara, I think Lara didn't. He, he enjoyed the win. He was yeah. still enjoying the win, and Wood was concentrating on the on the rematch. I think they got him right because he looked flat to me. And Wood boxed brilliant, by the way. He boxed. You know, you can you can always say that the boxer didn't box great because of this, because of that. But you know, it might be because of what the fight in front of him is doing. And Wood, you got to be fair. You got to you got to give Ben Davidson his credit for this. He's 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 made Wood a more thoughtful fighter. No, he he doesn't make he doesn't make many mistakes. That's the difference with him now. He doesn't make many mistakes, and and he he didn't make any mistakes. I was ringside for that for the for both fights. He didn't make one mistake in the rematch, not one at all. He got caught. You're gonna get caught. You're gonna get caught. It's impossible not to. But he didn't panic. Kept a high guard constantly. Kept the high guard, and he just like he was boxing to a plan all the time. Just believed in the process, and it was a fantastic performance. I would, I would say a little, just a little note to Joe Cardina against Rakamov. Yeah, that was on the list. again a, a similar but different situation. He had his title stripped of him after a Gawa win, but he won a world title. A world title should be won in the rematch, in the second fight, in the second time, in the second chance of winning a world title that he never lost. It was a really hard fight, and he boxed so well against a real tough guy. He had to take a few shots. All the questions that were that that he hadn't answered before about his chin check, his you know, his gut check, all those things were answered at the biggest on the bigger stage. It was a fantastic night, fantastic performance. But I do believe that Woods Woods like Woods win is is the one that, that clears the, the hurdles for me. Right, yeah, before that, we that, finish John that, yourself. Yeah they're the same three aren't we Smith Eubank, Wood Lara and Cardina Rakimov was the one I thought because it was such a good fight. Fight of the year I think that'll be it was it was tremendous, wasn't it? Yeah. Coming down to coming down a level, friend of a show, Denzel. I thought Denzel getting rid of Kieran Smith in 30 seconds. I loved that. I love a puncher and someone who'd been at world level and done well to come back down, stay motivated and wipe somebody out like that. I thought that was good. Um, coming down another one for a prospect, I was pleased Ryan Mapranagana looked the part because I think we all love Ryan. We know what he can do. And he looks like he's finally on the way. But yeah, coming down all the levels there, just little ones that have stood out for me. But if we're coming down levels, well, not so much. Josh, T- um, Josh Kelly versus um, Troy Williamson. Troy Williamson, yeah. Yeah. And um, what was the other one I was going to say? Who cares? But that, that was that was fantastic performance, eh, Josh, Josh Kelly. You know, yeah. That was potentially a really hard fight for him. And to see if there was any any signs, you know, that Avanesian fight, you know, still looming over his head. And it wasn't. He boxed fantastic. He really did. Yeah. Fellas, we flew through that. Barry, thanks very much. Or St. Barry. John, yeah. thanks as always. I'll see you in a few weeks or I'll speak to you on the phone before then. You're a big mate of mine, Barry, but I know we're not going to speak before then. And I hope you I get to spend... I hope you get the Spence and Crawford and thank everyone else who's been listening, watching over the last six months. And if you've hated us, great. And if you've liked us, great. And if you did hate us, what you bother watching us for. Thanks very much indeed, everyone. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.